It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We're taking it right up until 1230 this afternoon. Then we'll turn things over to Pat O'Keefe. He's got Nick's pregame for you. Nick's back in action today. They're going to take on the Nuggets at MSG. We got Joe Leo. We got Harvey Cruz producing the program today as well. And a little bit of a departure from how we usually start the show before we get into our routine and everything. We are going to go right out to the guest line right now because the big story in all of sports is one that, of course, emanates from our area. And that would be the Fairleigh Dickinson Knights, who shocked the world last night in knocking off the top seed Purdue Boilermakers in the NCAA tournament. They are round to the round of 32, and their head coach is Tobin Anderson, and he is nice enough to get up early this morning and join us here on the program. Coach, it's Dan Grassa. Congratulations on the victory once again last night. I, I guess the question I have for you, did you get any sleep last night after that one? <laughs> Dan, it, it, it was a short night, I can tell you that much. It was a um, lots of uh, lots of stuff going on, lots of emotion, lots of energy. And, yeah, I don't think I went to sleep till about three or four that I woke up, you know, I don't know, five, six. I mean, I was maybe a couple hours of sleep, but we'll sleep when it's done. You know, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll find a way to get my, my My voice is going a little bit. My, I'm a little bit exhausted, but uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to push ahead and get ready for tomorrow. Running on the adrenaline, running on the magic of March. That's what yep. it's all about. All right, let me ask you this question, Coach. I, I, I mean, two NCAA tournament wins are ready for you in the program. That's half as many wins total that FDU had last year. Now, you weren't with the team last year, but how do you explain well, a turnaround like that? It's really hard to explain. It's it's almost it's almost uh, you know so many things go into it. Um, just a, a great group of players, a great group of guys we brought in, um, an unbelievable staff we put together, the administration and the support system being so helpful, and then a, lot, a little bit of luck too. I mean, we got we got confidence right now. Throughout the year, we've won a couple games and, and got more confident, got more more um, energy, you know, got more you know, just just things kind of just gelled together. And sometimes the pieces fit, and sometimes they don't. This year, the pieces really fit. These are these are good kids, and really good kids, like great, great people, great high character, and um, and a lot of work. Listen, we, we work we work extremely hard. Like you know, our, our staff works extremely hard. Our players work very hard. We we put in a um, a culture, a system last summer. We got the job. You know, we're talking about six a.m. runs on the track, running you know the sprints and and, and lifting and all the stuff you have to do to be successful. And it just kind of went together. And it's been a great year. It's like, you know, we haven't, you know, didn't come out of nowhere. We won some games early on. We beat some good teams. We played well. And we're just happening to play really well at the right time. You know, you use the word confidence, and I think everybody saw the viral clip from the other night when you guys were in Dayton and you won that game against Texas Southern. You're in the locker room after the game saying, you know, Purdue wants no part of us. At what point in the game last night, did you say maybe have a moment to yourself and you think, I think we could pull this thing off? Like, was there a moment in particular where you had a sense that, you know, this could go our way? Well, I kept, we kept hanging around. That was the goal was to hang around, hang around as long as we could. But as nice as that was, I never felt really good until Sean Moore hit that three from the top of the key with about a minute to go. We got us up by mm-hmm. five. 
At that point, I thought to myself, hey, this, this might actually happen. You know, but I was, because we just kept hanging around, but you're playing the number one seed. It's like calls go against you, things go against you. They got the, you know, one of the best players in the country. So you're, you're just expecting them to eventually to, to, to make a run and take over. And our guys just kept coming. They were resilient. They were, they're Jersey tough, right? They're, they're East Coast tough. They're, they're, um, they're just, just so competitive. And, but that three, when he made that shot, the, 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 my emotions were a little bit like, wow, this might, this might actually happen. And, you know, the crowd, the crowd turned into an FKU crowd. That place, 20,000 people there. And um, we had a great group of fans, and, and the whole place started going nuts. And, you know, like anything else, the number one seed gets a little bit tight sometimes when they're on the ropes. And we got them on the ropes, and we did, did a great job. No doubt about that. We're talking with Tobin Anderson. He's the head coach of FDU. They knock off Purdue last night. They're on to the second round. They'll take on Florida Atlantic coming up tomorrow. But in that game, you know, you think about Purdue. Zach Eady's going to get his regardless. Whether they win or lose, it seems like. But you went ahead, you forced 16 turnovers in the game. They shot, what, about 20% from three last night. You pressure the young guards. And if you've watched Purdue a lot this year, which, you know, I have – that seems like the plan of attack when you're trying to beat this team, right? It's make the other guys beat you because Zach Eady's a monster. He's going to do what he does all the time. Yep. It, it, I'm a big believer in sty- styles make fights, as that old saying. And our style is tough for them because our, our guards are quick. We do press. And we didn't just start pressing yesterday. We pressed the whole year long. So we're used to pressing. And we just noticed, we were talking about the stats. When they, when they won, Zach Eady averaged 25 points a game. When they lost, it was 25 points a game. We go. knew that Zach Eady wasn't going to be the thing. It was the guys around him. We had to do a great job on everybody else. So he was going to get his points no matter what. We still made it tough on him. I, I, can't, I can't tell you the job our guys did. And like people have said, we're the smallest team in the country height-wise. Our guys did an incredible job making Zach Eady's life tough. But even better was the guys around him. The rest of those guys didn't hurt us at all. And that was, I think that was the biggest key is to limit their effectiveness. And um, you know, Zach, he scored 21 points. It was a tough 21, but no one else really hurt us um, besides him. Yeah, and you made him work for it for sure. And it seemed like every time they dumped the ball down into the low post and tried to play through him, it seemed like you had three guys running around. And look, they maybe only came up to his chest, Coach, but you know what? They still made life <laughs> difficult for him. They made him put the ball up in the air, and he had to kick out to one of his other guys. So job well done when it came to the X's and O's. I, I don't know how many listeners out there know the story of your team this year and the fact that you know, you guys didn't even win your conference tournament. You didn't win the regular season title in the NEC, but because Merrimack wasn't eligible yet to take part in postseason, you guys are here. Now you've won two games in the NCAA tournament. Do you start to maybe think to yourself, you got a little bit of this team of destiny thing going on? Yeah, a little bit, you know, and we, we, we're, um, we're still mad about that conference tournament game because we actually we should have won. We should have won that one. And I think that loss helped us the last couple games, like especially last night we said you know, we, we were up on Merrimack, you know, in pretty good shape. We kind of got tight ourselves, didn't, didn't play to win. So that game might have helped us last night. We said, fellas, go play, make plays, play to win. Um, but, yeah, you feel like, you know, with the, you know, people now know who we are. The country's, you know, kind of a little bit behind us. There's a lot of support right now. But we're going to play a very good Florida Atlantic team. We're, I mean, you're in the round of 32. Everybody's, everybody's good right now. We're going to play a great team tomorrow who's also – having a special year. So, you know, for us, the, the biggest thing is we did not expect this. We were going from, from the team last year. Like you said, Mo, I wasn't here. The staff wasn't here. A lot of these players weren't here. But we went, you know, four wins to 
to now being in the round of 32 and having the biggest upset in college basketball history. That's just an incredible achievement for our program, for our players. And I give unbelievable credit to them and their character. And, and um, you know, we'll be ready to go tomorrow. It's going to be another tough challenge tomorrow. I'm sure we'll be a big underdog again, but our guys will be ready to go. And they're going to have the confidence, that's for sure. We're talking with Tobin Anderson. He's the head coach of FDU. They're on to the second round of the NCAA tournament after knocking off the top seed Purdue Boilermakers. Last year it was St. Peter's. The night before it was Princeton. And then, of course, you guys. What is it about the state of New Jersey, Coach, when it comes to these dragon killers in the NCAA tournament? What's in the water? I don't know, man. Jersey people are pretty tough. I got, I got assistant coach Tom Bonick, and he, he lives and breathes New Jersey, so he talks about it all the time. So, you know, it's our, our whole program is kind of like that's our, you know, we're, we're tough, we're competitive, just like people from Jersey are. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. It's just, it's just it's amazing what uh, the, us and Princeton, we watch, we watch Princeton, I think it gives you hope, it gives you belief, our players, when they see St. Peter's make that run last year, or Princeton beat Arizona. You know, now us winning, it just, it just shows you. That's the, that's the beauty of this tournament, which I think makes it the best sport event in all of, of all sports, is like this could happen. What happened last night can happen. You know, one night can be special. We play Purdue 100 times. They might beat us 98, 99 times. But last night was a special night. Things went together. We got a, we got a huge, huge win. So that's why I mean, everybody loves this tournament. I was, it's, it's the little guys that make it special. And, and so last night, that was our role. And I'm so glad you said that too, Coach, because, look, a few years ago it was UMBC as a 16 who knocked off Virginia. And I got a feeling that we're going to see more of these 16-1 upsets moving forward because in college basketball, and especially the way the game is structured now, transfer portal, you name it, I just don't think the gap is as wide whenever you look at the little number next to a team's name as maybe it used to be here. And you know how it is. A team gets hot. All you got to do is beat them one night over 40 minutes. The three ball is falling for you. I just think that 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 gap is kind of narrow a little bit maybe more so than the way it used to be right i totally agree totally agree and i think that it just shows you there's good players everywhere and there's good coaches everywhere i mean three our three three of our best players last night were were in division two last year me and my staff were in division two last year so you know there's good players at all levels of college basketball the gap is definitely um smaller than it used to be and and now like like i said people see these wins and it's like there's 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 that, that 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 feeling that they can happen again um, to everybody else too. So it's um, a remarkable achievement by you know a great group of people, a great a great school, great program. So we are we are uh, we are so thrilled. All right. So how much work have you guys gotten to already on FAU? Quite a bit. We did a lot. That's what makes us good. Like we were prepared. We were prepared. We like you know most people would say, well, you're probably going to lose to Purdue. So let's not even prepare for Fort Atlantic. That's not how we do it. Our assistant coach we're already working on. We had two guys working on Florida Atlantic, two guys working on Purdue or on uh, Memphis, you know, because one of those teams won last night. Uh, we watched a lot last night. Our depth this morning watching film. So we will be ready. And, and uh, I respect the heck out They'll be ready for us, too. That's a great, very good program who does things the right way, too. So it's going to be a big challenge for us. But we're, we, will, we will be prepared and ready to go. Yeah, you don't win 32 games by accident. You know what? Costly, you know, mistake for Memphis last night. Those guys did a great job pressuring the Memphis guards into a costly turnover late in the game. That gave them new life and maybe was the turning point in the game. So the pressure is going to be a similarity with both of you guys, the way you like to get after it. At least they're on defense. I'll, I'll leave you with this one, Coach. You know, you talked about your journey. You know, you were coaching in D2 for the last few years. Now here you are at FDU. You knock off a number one seed. Have you let it sink in a little bit that you guys are 40 minutes away? from a trip to Madison Square Garden in the East Regionals? 
We know it's out there. I'm not sure it's sunk in yet because we got we got to do the hard work first. That's that's the most important thing. So um, we would have thought we'd even gotten the NCAA, you know this whole thing started even to get to the NCAA tournament was an unbelievable accomplishment. Then to win a first round game, a play in game was, was an incredible accomplishment. Now to beat the number one seed, the biggest biggest win, you know, upset in, in college basketball history. So so I mean I mean it's, it's one step at a time, but we know it's out there. Um, It'd be it'd be remarkable, it'd be incredible, but we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to play really well, and we have to you know a great day today, a great day of preparation, a great day of getting ready, and we'll do that and give it our best shot tomorrow night and see what happens. Well, coach, everybody back home is pulling for you again. Congratulations on all you've accomplished up until this point. Keep it going, and we look forward to maybe seeing you at the Garden coming up next week. But again, congratulations and thanks for getting up early with us. Awesome, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care. All right, there is Tobin Anderson. He is the head coach of Fairleigh Dickinson taking on Florida Atlantic tomorrow. And again, the winner gets himself a trip to Madison Square Garden for the East Regionals. That'll be next weekend. Think about that for a second. You're FDU, right? You're FDU, and the odds are stacked against you. You get into the tournament, all right, you win in the play-in in Dayton. Then you're matched up against Purdue. And I know that Tobin was in the locker room after the game the other night, and he's talking about how, well, you know, they don't want to play us. They don't want to play us. And everybody thinks, all right, that's just the guy trying to pump up his team. No, they go out there, and they look like they didn't want to play them. They shocked the world, and they beat the, the Dragon in like a David versus Goliath type of game. And now you're taking on a team that, look, Florida Atlantic is good, but I, I think they're beatable. If you beat Purdue, you could beat Florida Atlantic. And then they'd go to MSG, where likely they're going to be taking on, at least in my opinion, the Duke Blue Devils. I think Duke will take care of Tennessee today. So think about that. I mean, my goodness, you think about the platform that's going to give the school, what that means to the university, that is unbelievable. Congratulations to them. Hope they can keep it going. And, hey, state of New Jersey, man, state of New Jersey, we own March. Doesn't matter who it is, we own March. Got the Tigers going a little bit later on today to see if they can move on to the Sweet 16. Tremendous, tremendous story. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Grasso Show. We are off and running here on this Saturday on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. So not the way we usually start the show for you, you know, having a guest right out of the gates. But, hey, you know, we make 
special considerations for our friend the coach because hey he's on top of the world right now lead story every every news program you're watching this morning not just sports center not just the sports theme shows i mean i had the the local news on boom that's the top story fdu baby so the fact that we could get him on the show us to begin our program on this saturday morning uh, thanks to FDU, thanks to the coach, and uh, good job by uh, the guys getting them up here on short notice, too. So, appreciative of that. And uh, as I said, we're up till 12.30 today. Then we got Knicks basketball, Knicks and the Nuggets on this Saturday. Knicks actually play. How about that? They decided, you know, we're kind of bored, just not doing anything. So, we're going to get back out on the court as they resume their season. Just 11 to go for the Knickerbockers before it's on to the playoffs. And Mr. Jokic in town this afternoon and what should be an interesting one for the Knicks. We'll see if Brunson's able to give it a go. Things are trending in the right direction. Hopefully we'll get official word before we sign off for you a little bit later on here this morning. Let's get to the phones, though. A lot of people want to chime in on everything that is going on, everything that is happening. We will start it off with our good buddy. It's Marvin in the Bronx. He's next here on 98. First and foremost, Marvin, the- good morning. I'm a Fairleigh Dickinson alum. I have two master's degrees from Fairleigh Dickinson. There you go. I'm Good ex- day for I'm you. Ecsta- I'm ecstatic. I don't know how to handle it. Look, I've been a Yankee fan 60 years. I can handle Yankees winning World Series. But this fine, this NCAA thing, I'm not used to it. And I, a few months ago, I was sitting in the coach's office when he got the job, and we were talking about the team. But to imagine this moment, I mean, and my buddy's a Purdue graduate, so I sent him, I called him this morning and said, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Purdue's had a lot of these over the last few years. Now, I don't know if it's going to cost Matt Painter his job or not, but, you know, Purdue has been a team that has been picked off by these double-digit seeds more than once over the last few years. I mean, remember, they lost to St. Peter's last year, too, on St. Peter's route to the Elite Eight. This is not trending good there. And, look, I don't know how they're going to handle it because, you know, there's expectations to go deep in the tournament, and they haven't been able to do that consistently under but, Painter. But, but Dan, I'm, I, the, the thing that, that blows my mind, the, the fact that they could have a chance to beat Duke, and I despise Duke, that would make my year. All right? Marvin, just to be on the same court, think about that for a second. Right? It's almost garden. like there was a mix-up. It's like you got somebody else's invitation for the Sweet 16 at Madison Square Garden, the Duke Blue Devils, one of the blue bloods of college basketball against fairly dickinson you know what i'm saying like it, it would be epic you got you got to give me a moment for this this is how i became a fairly uh, uh fdu alum mm-hmm. and i served in iraq at age 50 all right so nine years later god bless I call you. my what god bless you yeah i have 100 combat missions and I'm, that's just that all right so i nine years later i called a buddy of mine i asked him what he was doing he said he's the head of the veterans program at fairly dickinson so I say, I live in, you know, so I come over and have lunch with you. While we're there, he said, Marv, why don't you come to school here? I said, what are you on, crack? I said, I finished college 35 years ago, and um, I have nine grandkids. I now have 14. Uh, don't, don't answer me about that. Wow. <laughs> so I we'll, got, do, we'll do the math a little bit later on that one. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so I, went, I started the school because I wanted to another degree because I was on my way to law school before I joined the Marine Corps after arguing with my mother, all right? So I got two two masters in eight years, and this is mind-boggling that I'm experiencing this. Dan, I want to hog the show, but FDU, FDU. Take care, my man. Marv, appreciate the phone call, my man. As always, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Marv's got a lot going on there. He, Marv is like the Forrest Gump of uh, 98.7 ESPN callers, right? Law school, military, FDU, 
grandkids, nine to fourteen. I mean, God bless him, really. That that you know what that is? That's a full life right there. We love Marv and we appreciate him checking in. It. it it really is epic, and it seems like it's kind of like a little deja vuish because it was just a year ago at this time. We're saying the same things, but you take out FDU when you put in St. Peter's. And I thought to me at the time, I remember, you know, last year doing national shows at the time, I thought that St. Peter's, what they did, that was the story of the year in sports. Story of the year. Making it all the way to the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament, little old St. Peter's with like no enrollment compared to all these other universities that they're knocking off in the NCAA tournament when you talk about the facilities that they have and, you know, they're, they're not able to attract kids. Right. And the fact that they went toe to toe with these teams, knocked them off, made as deep a run as they did. Now, look, I don't know if FDU is going to take it as far as St. Peter's did, but it just goes to show you how hard this thing is. But it's also what makes the tournament cool. Even the coach referenced it when we had him on is that, you know what, if if Fairleigh Dickinson and Purdue played 100 times, maybe Purdue wins 98 or 99 of them. But with this tournament, all you got to do is be better that one night. And they were. And And I was talking to the guys before we started the show this morning. The, the two kind of big upsets when you look at the seeding so far in the tournament, FDU, what they did last night, and then our, our pals at Princeton a couple of nights ago against Arizona, the two against the 15. Both Arizona in the game that they lost to Princeton and Purdue in the game last night, they looked like exactly the same team over the final five minutes or so of their respective games. In fact, that they got tight. They looked unsure of themselves. When they had the ball offensively, it didn't seem like they were running their stuff with as much kind of force as they usually would. They just looked very hesitant, very tentative, and, and, and for lack of a better term, they just looked scared. They tightened up. And that's why when you have these underdogs that they essentially have nothing to lose, they're just going to go out there and play regardless. And we were on the air last night doing our show while the FDU game was going on primarily. But just watch, you know, I had it on the TV, but I didn't have the sound on or anything like that because, hey, obviously I'm busy doing the show. You could see just watching the game that one team was playing at a different speed than the other one was. I mean, it was it was plain as day. And they took advantage of it. And that's all you need. You got to give that effort for 40 minutes and you see what happens. And sometimes it's going to be good enough. Sometimes it's not going to be good enough because there's other teams that, you know, put forth a tremendous effort and they're unable to seal the deal. Like earlier in the day yesterday, Kennesaw State out of Georgia. You know, they were a 14 seed. They had Xavier, the three, dead to rights throughout the whole game. I mean, Kennesaw State was like the better team for probably, I don't know, 30, 38, 39 minutes of that game. And then they went through a little bit of a rut where Xavier got back into the game, and then at the end, just a couple of mistakes in that final minute, and they cost them. You know, Sean Miller, the Xavier coach, after the game, they interviewed him on the court. He's like, how'd you guys make that comeback? He's like, I have no idea, right? So just because you play well doesn't mean you're actually going to be able to see this thing through, and that's why you got to give credit to those guys, really and truly. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let's say hi to Mitch in East Windsor. He's up next here on 98.7. Mitch, good morning. How are you? Hey, you Dan. Thanks for the call. Uh, I've been to some games. I've never seen – these are the best upsets I, I can remember in a long, long, long time. Two in the first round for the Jersey schools. I love it. It's incredible. You, do you think uh, Princeton or Fairy Dixon would be carrying the trophy home? No, I'm just being facetious. We, no. we can wish, right? No, but I, I, I but, think uh, – you know what a good question is? Which of them has a better shot 
to advance to the Sweet 16. Right now, I would probably say Princeton. I think Princeton too. I think you know why? Because FAU, FAU is good. You know, like you know, they've got 32 wins now, whatever it is. You don't win 32 games by accident. I understand that it's not a Power Five league they were in. And look, I thought Memphis would beat them last night. I thought Memphis, when I filled out the bracket, I thought Memphis would be the team to knock off Purdue in the second round. So the fact that FAU got Memphis and were able to overcome their mistakes late in the game, Florida Atlantic is a tough team. They really are. Yeah, and what and what, what do you think about my Pac-12? I had. Had you had, had um, UCLA or Arizona win it all? You think UCLA can uh, carry the torch? Let's just say, this. Just Let's say this. Let's say this. UCLA, okay. UCLA better win today. Wink, wink. If you catch my drift. All right, yeah, because I'd be a, it's just Arizona. Well, Arizona State lost. They, they, they're the last two Mexicans. That's it. They're the last, only one standing. Well, it's, it's been a tough go of it here for the Pac-12. You know, it's obvious. And, and, Mitch, thanks a lot for the phone call. I appreciate it. UCLA's got Northwestern a little bit later on today. Northwestern, by the way, playing with some house money. This will be the first time in the history of the school, if they win today, that they're in the Sweet 16. You know, Chris Collins done a great job with that team. Northwestern was picked to finish, trying to remember, in the Big Ten this year in the preseason poll. Those preseason polls aren't usually accurate, too, by the media. Near the bottom, I forgot what place exactly, but Northwestern finished second in the league. And, you know, if they could get get the job done today, they're going to the Sweet 16 for the first time ever. I, I think UCLA's the better squad. I liked what I saw from UCLA in round one, really and truly. Problem with Arizona was, you know, when Princeton beat Arizona, I, I thought they had Final Four potential, Arizona, because in every quote-unquote tournament, that Arizona played in this year. They were out in Maui for the Maui Invitational. And then, of course, the Pac-12 Conference Tournament. They won both of those. So now they're in a tournament situation again. You're thinking, oh, well, hey, maybe this Wildcats again. Going to go for a nice run. Didn't happen. They get picked off here. But that's what makes this tournament fun. Winner go home. You never know where the upsets are brewing. And we'll see what happens here throughout the rest of the day. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We come back. Got to do a little baseball here because injury bug, and there's a flock of them apparently, have been hovering around Port St. Lucie. And it seems like they're attacking the New York Mets with opening day less than two weeks away. Got to talk about the latest injury scare, which happened last night for them. Dan Gross' show, we're rolling until 1230 here on this Saturday on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. 
Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Eight games coming up today in the NCAA tournament as we are in the round of 32. It all gets underway at noon with Furman in San Diego State. Furman and upstart. Remember, they're the 13th seed. Big win in round number one, seeing if they could punch their tickets to the Sweet 16. I had them going to the Sweet 16 in my bracket, but San Diego State, a tough team defensively. You got the Dukies taking on Tennessee. Winner of that one gets a ticket to Madison Square Garden for the regionals next week. And then you got the three one seeds that are still standing. They're all in action a little bit later on today. Kansas is going to take on Arkansas. That is a tricky game. Wouldn't shock me if Kansas gets picked off there. Uh, Houston is going to be taking on Auburn. That's another one. You know, your fingers crossed if you have Houston going deep in your bracket. Still don't know about Marcus Sasser if he's going to go. Reaggravated the groin injury the other night. Auburn is essentially playing a home game. I don't know how the NCAA figured that one out or scheduled it. The game is in Birmingham, Alabama. So there are going to be a ton of Tiger folks at that game. And then later on tonight, you got Alabama, who's playing host to Maryland in round two action. And we got our buddies uh, Princeton seeing if they could keep the Jersey Cinderella streak going. They're going to take on Missouri. That game is just after 6 o'clock our time, but the game will be out in Sacramento. So that's our little hoops update here on this Saturday morning. Uh, we're going to have C.J. Nitkowski, our pal from MLB Network Radio, former St. John's graduate local product here uh he's going to join us coming up at 10 o'clock talk a little baseball Mets Yanks everything that's swirling around we're less than two weeks away from opening day and Chris Patola outstanding college basketball analyst from ESPN is going to join us coming up at 11 to help us go through the brackets here over the next couple of days as we whittle this field down to 16 by the end of the weekend here so the Mets injury situation is starting to get comical just over the last few days, because we're still, I think, trying to digest everything that's going on with the Edwin Diaz injury. And the fact that it happened at the World Baseball Classic, I mean, regardless of where it happened, I mean, it could have happened when he went to the store to pick up a gallon of milk or something. It doesn't matter. The reality is, is that they're not going to have one of their most important players on the team, probably for the entire season. And that's going to be something difficult to overcome because it's not something you can just snap your fingers, even if you have Steve Cohen money, to go out there and replace a guy like Edwin Diaz, especially this late in the game, right? There aren't any closers, maybe outside of Emmanuel Classe in Cleveland, who can bring the heat the same way that Diaz does, and you're not getting them from Cleveland. So they're going to have to deal with that internally, at least for the first few months of the season. It goes without saying. So you're trying to figure out, all right, how do you pick up the pieces from Diaz? And then we're doing the show last night. And, you know, we're watching the games and, and, and all this other stuff. And then you get word that something happened to Brandon Nimmo. And you're seeing people freaking out on Twitter that Brandon Nimmo's hurt his knee and doesn't look good. And he's down on the ground in pain. And he's being helped off the field. And then, like, finally when you get eyes on it and you're seeing what happened, it, it, it didn't look good. Sliding into second base. I can't even say he was trying to break up a double play. He was the lead runner, but, you know, he was sliding in, and it was an awkward slide, and then he's, like, down on all fours, like, writhing in pain. Like, how, how is this happening, right? I know the Mets are a cursed franchise, but I thought that only existed, like, when they do things in New York, not down in Port St. Lucie, but apparently 
Apparently it is. Apparently, like, the curse was packed in the suitcase and in the equipment truck when they headed south to Florida here because then you see the situation with Nimmo, a guy, by the way, that they gave $162 million to in the offseason to keep him around, which I thought was a necessity, right? I mean, he's an important player. He's your leadoff hitter, one of your better offensive players, and now it looked like he was down for the count. Thankfully, though, apparently it wasn't as bad as it initially seemed. X-rays were A-OK. Uh, he's going to have further imaging today. We still don't have official word, but this was Buck Showalter after the game last night. I talked to him in the locker room after he showered and got dressed. Uh, uh, nice. It feels pretty good. They're going to take a look at the ankle, uh, get an image tomorrow just to be sure. But uh, and he caught a spike there, kind of rolled over. doctor didn't feel like there was a need with the knee, but they're going to check the ankle out just to be sure. Well, that's good news, I guess. Right now, you got to keep your fingers crossed that everything is going to show up the way you want it to a little bit later on because he's a guy that they could ill afford to lose. That's the one thing about the Mets when you look at them offensively going into the season, right? And I thought that that was the area that probably needed the most shoring up from how things finished last year, trying to turn the page and to improve upon that. Is that I thought the offense needed to maybe needed another impact bat, and they tried for Carlos Correa, it didn't happen. You know, Correa signed with three teams, but unfortunately the one that sticks is Minnesota, and it's not the Mets because of the medical. Nimmo was a guy that they absolutely had to bring back. I can't imagine what this lineup would look like without him. Now, unless you're going to sit here and tell me that Brett Beatty is going to be the second coming of David Wright over at third base, and he's going to hit the ground running this year. He's having a great spring, but how that's going to translate once these games start to count for real, I have no idea. I, I, I couldn't begin to tell you. That's a lot to heap on a young player, you know, especially one that's lacking experience. But that's my biggest question for the season is the Mets offensively. You know, are they going to be able to sustain this thing and play well enough and, and, and produce enough with the bats over the course of 162 games, right? You feel kind of good about the pitching, even though you've suffered a couple of injuries here. And, oh, by the way, Quintana, you know, while we're sitting here talking about the injury bug for the Mets, what about Quintana? He's a guy that you signed to be the fifth starter, essentially, and now he's going to be gone for half the season. So, it's not good. You know, you don't want to have this many hiccups before you even break camp and head north. And I guess a lot of teams are dealing with this, I understand, but not every team has expectations like the Mets do. And I know that it's a long season, and I know that they have a lot of good players, and one guy shouldn't sink the ship like, God forbid it would if it was football or something like that. If, you know, you lose your starting quarterback, God forbid, you know, you're not going to be able to accomplish certain things. You know, baseball, it's nine guys in the lineup every day. You know, you have ample depth at starting pitching. You got a full bullpen, and I like the bet bullpen. You know, the names that they added and everything, but Diaz was the guy at the back end that really made this thing go and really and truly made this thing special. And... You know, as far as the World Baseball Classic stuff is concerned, it's, it, it's a nightmare scenario, right? That's all you could say about it. And I do think that you can have differing viewpoints on the whole thing. Like, for example, it stinks that your guy got hurt at the WBC. As fluky as it might have been, but it doesn't mean that that shouldn't take away from people's enjoyment who actually like the WBC. Hell, even if you're a Met fan, you could be a Met fan. You could be bent out of shape that Diaz got hurt, and you could still enjoy the World Baseball Classic. More power to you. Okay, I choose not to. It's not for me. I can't get into it. I've never been able to get into it, and I'm a huge baseball fan. Huge. But the World Baseball Classic has never been something that has just kind of, like, entered my periphery. It isn't. 
You know, the example I use is, you know, everybody has a sports plate, right? Like you're at a restaurant, you're at a buffet. You take the plate and you go up and you try to fill it up and fit as many things as you can on the plate, right? You're paying for it. You might as well try to consume as much as you can. My sports plate, though, doesn't have any room for the World Baseball Classic, especially this time of year in March. First of all, spring training baseball is something that I could kind of take or leave. Like there's this optimism every spring when it rolls around. It's like, hey, there's baseball. And then I watch about like two innings of spring training, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Call me in April when the games start to count for real. Right? Because, I mean, like we're so into these other things already. Like we've been through the NBA season. We're how many months into the NHL season? Right? I love my college hoops, so I'm all into that, especially this time of the year in March and March Madness. Like that's, that's the priority, NFL free agency. How am I going to sit here and, and, and try to pay attention to a World Baseball Classic, which shows up, it seems like, whenever it wants to every few years, right? You never can tell when the hell it's going to be played. And then if bad things are going to happen involving somebody for the team that I root for, i.e. Edwin Diaz, I'm going to sour on it even more. And yes, I do acknowledge that these type of fluky injuries like that could happen anytime, anywhere. I get it. I totally get it. You know, Gavin Lux of the Dodgers blew out his knee running the bases already in spring training this year. Going to be out for the season. It could happen to anybody. The stuff that happened to Brandon Nimmo last night. God forbid, it, you know, thankfully it's not worse. And it could happen in spring training. But you can't sit there and, like, make me like it. And furthermore, you know, because I've heard some of this stuff here over the last few days since the injury took place, like, there seems to be this divisiveness that anybody who's, you know, talking down about the fact that Diaz got injured and it happened at the World Baseball Classic, that all of a sudden that makes him a bad person. And that they're sitting there and looking at the WBC and, oh, my God, they have all of these prejudiced beliefs, God forbid, because they hate the World Baseball Classic because it, it does nothing for them. No, nothing could be further from the truth. All right? You can have both. You hate the fact that your guy got hurt. You don't begrudge people that like the World Baseball Classic, but you do also then choose not to like it yourself. It's as simple as that. You know, and it's not the same. I'm sorry. It's not the same as the World Cup. Okay, the World Cup has been around forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And the other biggest difference is, is that in the World Cup, the best players from those respective countries actually play. Best players aren't playing in the World Baseball Classic. They're not. Last time I checked, just between the Mets and the Yankees alone, you got guys like Scherzer, Verlander, Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, how come those guys aren't on Team USA? I mean, if it's really the best players, you mean to tell me that those guys wouldn't be able to make the roster? I would hope that they'd be on the roster if we're really taking the best of the best. But that's fine. They choose not to be there. And the ones that do want to play, fantastic. Let them play. But it doesn't mean it's something that I have to like. And over the last few days, all this kind of like phony manufactured outrage that I'm hearing is like, like me, like me, like me, please like my sport. It's something that, like, the hockey fan has had to deal with, it seems like, for years and years. Hockey is not on the same level, at least in terms of widespread popularity, as basketball, football, you know, even baseball in this country. And then the hockey fan is always accused of saying, you know, like me, like me, please like my sport. And I'm starting to get, like, little senses of that here with the World Baseball Classic, right? If you like it, enjoy it, go. Fine. I don't begrudge. I don't. I'm a tennis guy. Die hard. I'm not sitting there trying to shove tennis in front of people's faces. You know, watch this, like this, like this, like this. No. You want to watch it? Fine. If not, more power to you. I'm going to enjoy it, and you're not going to take away from my enjoyment. Because that's what all this is. Sports is entertainment. 
That's what it should be. But I will say this, though. If you want to have the WBC, I wish you could do it at a different part of the calendar. That's all I'm saying. Because God forbid, if you do have a serious, likely season-ending injury like the one Edwin Diaz suffered, if you're playing this tournament in at the end of the season, November, right, where guys are still kind of in the flow, in shape, they just got done playing a whole season, you want to play it in November, and if somebody suffers, like Edwin Diaz, for example, a six- to eight-month injury, there's a chance then that he's not going to miss the entire season. Right, that he could still come back at some point. Here, if it happens in spring training, probably is wiped out. And if the guys, if it really means that much to them and they really want to play and represent their countries and so on and so forth, well, then they're going to have to make the sacrifice. And after playing a full season, they're going to have to lace them up again and play in the WBC. That's, that's how it should be, right? Guys play winter ball, right? Guys go play winter ball after a long season. That doesn't stop them. So why should this be any different? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And I guess USA plays tonight, right, in the quarterfinals, I think it is. Quarterfinals of the WBC, they play Venezuela. It ends, I think, on Tuesday is the championship game. We'll be down to the Final Four after this. You know what? Go USA. Rah, rah. I shan't be watching. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Grasso Show. We're rolling until 1230 here on this Saturday on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Remember, we're taking it right up until 1230 this afternoon. Then a little Knicks pregame. Knicks and the Nuggets back in action for the Knickerbockers. There's 11 games left in their season, so we'll get into that a little bit later on as we move forward through the program. Then remember, tonight, we got ourselves some Rangers hockey on the air, pregame at 7.30 with, uh, hey, me, as a matter of fact. So Rangers-Penguins finally wrap up this week-long Penguins kind of little mini playoff series with the Capitals also sandwiched between there. So the Blue Shirts trying to see if they can continue to improve their lot in the Metropolitan Division, and that'll be tonight. Again, coverage beginning at 7.30. That's a national game tonight on the old TV side, little ABC action, but we will have all the action for you right here on 98.7. And then even later on tonight, over on the 10.50 side, the Islanders are doing battle out west against the San Jose Sharks, so you can hear Islanders hockey beginning at 10 o'clock over on 10.50. So a jam-packed day of sports 
right here on 98.7 on 1050. And you also have, for those of you that uh, are into such things, Red Bulls Columbus. Right, Harvey? Big Red Bulls game tonight? Huge. Huge. What's the confidence level in this one that finally, finally they're going to break into the win column? One out of ten, I would say six. <laughs> All right. So it's slightly better than a 50-50 chance is what you're saying. Slightly better. This is a legit Columbus team with a new coach. Cucho mm-hmm. Hernandez up top. Lucas Aleron is one of the best playmakers in MLS. Uh, the, 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 the thing that gives me a little bit of confidence, this team hasn't won their last nine road games. So I'm I'm banking on that. The issue is that this attack for the Rebels hasn't been firing at all. They've only scored one goal, which is a header. They haven't scored from open play yet. And the fact that they're figuring things out on the fly is a bit troubling. So I'm just, if I have it as a 1-1 draw. If they can shut out the crew, which they can, their defense is elite, then I'll be much better. But they need this win because they go on the road for the next two. So this is a home game tonight? That's right. And you'll be in attendance, of course. Of course I am. Big giveaway tonight? Are they doing a nice little uh, promotional giveaway? From what I checked on my emails, they have a... Uh, so tonight's Women's Empowerment Night at the stadium, okay. and they have a giveaway where you can get tickets to the Gotham FC home opener, which I believe is on April 1st, Okay. for 20 bucks a pop. Wow. And what do they normally charge? Like, is it really worth your while? A little bit over. I'd say like around 30-something, maybe 40 for a good seat. But it's a nice view. Not a bad seat in the house. And you also get a a headband, like a bandana type. Well, see, the reason we ask is because, you know, when they had the home opener a couple of weeks ago, and this you're the one that provides me all this information because you're Mr. Red Bulls. That's right. But they were supposed to be giving out like a, a beanie. Right? Like a a knit hat, a beanie or whatever for the first, I don't know, however many thousand fans. And I actually voice commercials for it. Like leading up to the game. Like Red Bull sends something over. Like I voice the commercial. Like, hey, buy tickets. Come see the Red Bulls, Red Bull Arena. And the first whatever thousand fans, you get yourself a beanie. And the fact that you, my guy, Mr. Red Bull, Harvey Red Bull, goes to the game. You're a season ticket holder. You pay your hard-earned money. The fact that you did not get one of those beanies, that upsets me. It was a cold night, too. And it was a freezing cold night. <laughs> it was super cold. This was the first 7,500, and I'm walking to the stadium. First of all, we part, we got there a bit, not late, but, you know, late where you cut. You, you weren't there early the, enough to unlock the doors, basically. Yeah, I couldn't unlock the doors, and I right. saw a, a tweet from a woman who said that even though she got in a bit early, she was turned away. That's, I mean, come on. What are we doing? Red Bull, what are we doing? They eventually fixed it. Um, not for yeah, my but you case. You still didn't get the hat, though. I still did not get the hat, so I'd have to, as you say, spend my hard-earned money to buy a beanie. That's which... it's not. That's not right. That's not right. So if any look, if anybody from Red Bull is listening, and I know they listen to this show all the time, okay, you got to help my guy Harvey out here. Give him the hat. I thought they should have sent over some hats. Period for the fact that we were helping them out and getting the word out to the people that hey, come buy tickets, come see the come see the games. I'm they t- should at least send over some hats. I'm just saying NYCFC ain't doing this, so Ooh. step your game up. I don't get into all these soccer wars, but to me that sounds like some fighting words right there. They're not about it. Fake they don't team. want that smoke. Fake they don't club. want that smoke. Um, we come back, talk a little baseball. What our pal CJ Nitkowski, MLB Network Radio, former St. John's product. He will join us. We roll till 1230 on this Saturday. Dan Grasso Show, 9870 ESPN.